social emotional learning it's the new way where culturally responsive meets innovation Hey, Dominators. My name is Kristen Hopkins, CEO and founder of Dangers of the Mind, a company that identifies the attacks against your everyday thought life that shifts major progress. I'm a social emotional learning expert, curriculum developer, and social entrepreneur who believes in the holistic development of youth and young adults through culturally responsive and culturally affirming resources. Welcome to Dangers of the Mind. Hey guys, welcome back to another Dangers Out of My episode. I'm so excited that you're joining me. It's your host, Kristen Hopkins here. And this episode, we are talking about building emotional wellness in Black communities. But listen, before we get into it, I really just want to talk about some funny things that Black families do, okay? So number one, I don't know about y'all, but Black families do is what they do is they keep trash bags. I don't know where that came from, but my mama used to always keep these trash bags under the sink. And guess what, y'all? Now I got a hundred trash bags under my sink. It's like a generational something that we just passed down without saying it, right? It's weird. Another thing we do is we wash our chicken, okay? It's like, if you don't wash your chicken, grandma is going to make you out here looking crazy. She's going to say, who taught you that? Who told you not to? My mother used to go off on me like, did you wash your chicken? It's something about the black culture that you better wash your chicken. All right, number three is clapping when we talk to get our point across. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, when I got mad... (laughs) I'll be clapping like, you don't hear me. You don't see me, right? I don't know where that comes from either. And the last one, because you know I could go on and on about this all day. But the last one is dancing when it's time to eat or when we actually are eating. I am guilty of this. I dance all the time when it's time to eat some food. I get so excited and I just love food so much. But it's kind of like, why are you acting like you were starving? You know, when I was younger, my mom was like, You ate already. Stop doing that. She used to hate when we would be so excited to eat like we never ate before. But it's just a cultural thing. We loved it. So those are just some fun things that, you know, I know that Black families do. And this episode is all about building emotional wellness in Black communities and how can we do that. So one of the things that we really focus on at Dangers of Mind and I'm passionate about, as y'all know, is our Let's Talk More SEL forums. But before we jump into that, I want to just recap some of the episodes that we talked about this season, because a lot of these episodes really go hand in hand with building emotional wellness in Black communities. The first one, a Black leader's role in education. Okay, there are leaders all up and down our Black communities, and we need you, we see you, we thank you, and we talked about that. So if you haven't checked out the Black leader's role in education and you're a Black educator, please go check that out because that right there is what we need is for more Black educators in positions, in power to show up and show out every single day. We then went to talk about Black at a PWI. So listen to all my Black people, all my Black college students. If you at a PWI right now, go listen to that episode. Shout out to Damaris. That episode was amazing. And we talked about how we build social skills, social awareness, how we've developed relationships, how she was more confident in who she was 
through this experience, right? I went to HBCU, so I couldn't vouch for her. But some of the experiences she talked about were absolutely amazing. And I felt like I should have got those experiences as well. It was a really good experience to see and hear her perspective because I would have never knew that many Black people around the nation were facing some of these things as they went to a PWI and some of the skills she gained from even going to a PWI. Next, what we talked about was a white leader's role in urban education. This right here, y'all, was a little deep. Shout out to all my white allies, all my white teachers that's doing y'all thing in these urban educations. We need you. We see you. We thank you. Okay. And this was really good from a perspective of what a child needs from white people in black communities. So go check that out if you are a white educator and you are looking for better ways to service black children. We also talked about grownish. Now, I was ranting y'all about how I have a couple college students right now that, and shout out to y'all, I love y'all, but y'all don't have the work ethic that I had. Y'all wasn't hungry like I was hungry. Y'all wasn't grinding like I was grinding, okay? Y'all wasn't with me shooting in the gym, right? You know that saying? But seriously, you guys, your self-management skills, you have to step it up. You know, and that episode talks about you're not grown yet. You've grown-ish because you got to master these self-management skills and you really got to work on and hone in on your time management organization and all that. So if you're a college student and you're listening to this, go listen to Grownish because it will help you, especially with your wellness in the black community. You don't want to be stressed out going into no job after college and you don't have these skills mastered you will get fired, okay? So we need to make sure that you are qualified and you have the skills so that you could be grown in these environments and do your best. Then we talked about mental health tips for Black students. But for this episode, we really focused on the cognitive behavior therapy and the aspects of what does that look like in the Black community. These are definitely forms of building emotional wellness because a lot of the times we don't talk about what's going on in our community. And I'm going to touch on that later. But a lot of times we hold it inside, we bottle it, and we find out that there are so many people dying at young ages because they hold on to all this stress and have these heart attacks. It's scary. You all need to talk about it. You need to share your emotions. You need to you know, get it out. And these are things that we struggle with in Black families, Black communities, the whole nine yards. So go check out mental health tips for black uh, black students because it will really help you if you are an educator trying to figure out ways to reach your black students who might be depressed, who may be struggling with other mental health issues. Then we talked about black pioneers you've never known of. And listen, y'all, I believe I'm a pioneer. You can't tell me I'm not, okay? And I'm doing a lot of things out here that I can't look to the right and I can't look to the left of it because it hasn't been done. Okay, you know how many times I try to Google stuff that I'm like, what's up, Google? Like, nobody out here doing this. Okay, I'm the only one doing this. And it's crazy because YouTube University, none of that. So I know that God has called me to a field that I am supposed to pioneer. And as a pioneer, it is hard. It's not easy. And so you telling me you black and you a pioneer? (laughs) You really got to understand how to be emotionally stable. Okay, because... It's not only do you live, or we are we, excuse me, living in an era where we feel like everything has to be televised, right? And and publicized and on social media. And if you ain't give a homeless man $5 and take a picture, then you didn't do it. Like, what's up? 
We got to figure this out, y'all. We got to live for the legacy and live for the impact. So check out that episode if you feel like you're a pioneer and you feel like you are called to do something in the world. I want you to definitely check that episode out and listen to all the pioneers that you've never heard of. It's going to shock you because I had a whole list of pioneers that I've never, ever heard of. In another episode, we mentioned how to build the confidence of students in urban settings. Wow, y'all. That episode is deep because it really gets real about what these confidence levels look like. And I talked about a boy named Terrell. His real name is not Terrell, but I use that name, the code name. And I want you to go back and listen to that. I think that that story will really bless you. And if, you know, you have a, a Terrell or, you know, a child like him, um, definitely use some of those tips that I told you guys about because that's really good. And it's all about um, how we have to affirm and lift up our students in these environments constantly. It's a constant battle. And oh yeah, we talked about what is Juneteenth, y'all. Listen, I was embarrassed to tell y'all that I did not know what Juneteenth, like, I mean, I found out like six years ago. And when I found out, I wasn't even celebrating. I felt ashamed. And these are things that we have to talk about in the Black community. This is also building emotional wellness because we all have been out here like scared to tell people that we didn't even know what Juneteenth was or why are we celebrating it or we haven't really celebrated it. And we realized in that episode that we was the one that invented cookouts. I'm still stuck on that, okay? Because the Black people, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So I want y'all to go back, listen to the episode and commit to me that you will celebrate Juneteenth. And I'm talking about not just celebrate and turn up to turn up, but celebrate and educate. Celebrate and educate, okay? That's what we're doing all 2022. Celebrating and educate, okay? So I want y'all to do that. So today's episode, we're going to talk about building emotional wellness in Black communities. And this is going to just be a real candid conversation, y'all. And I hope that this blesses you. It touches your heart because you're going to hear some things about me that I'm going to be very transparent about. So one of the things that I had an issue with um, in one of my last relationships was, uh, and right now I'm in a a beautiful relationship that I absolutely adore because I feel like God has really sent me someone that truly sees me. Um, But when I was in my last relationship a while ago, uh, I felt like I was not seen. And I also felt like I was really like, you know how you pour out and pour out and pour out to people? Like, this is my job, right? I'm I'm a motivator. I'm a motivational speaker. And then I come back to environments and it's like, I felt empty. Like I shouldn't be in competition with somebody that's my partner, right? I shouldn't be feeling like I got to pour, 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 and then I'm not getting nothing back. I remember when I like was sitting with my mentor one day and he was like, what's wrong with you? And I couldn't even like lie. You know how sometimes you'd be like, oh, I'm fine, you know? And I couldn't even lie, y'all. I was like, I just started crying. And I, and it, I, I'm not like that. I'm a thug. Okay. So me crying is not like normal. So he was looking at me like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, are you, are you okay? Like, cause he didn't know how to accept it because I didn't even know I was going to cry. But that showed me that I was mentally drained and physically drained. I had nothing more to give because nobody was filling me up. And so I was looking for that in a spouse. And one of the things I found out was after that relationship, I decided to go to therapy. Now let's talk about it because black people, y'all need to go to therapy. 
Okay, and I'm proud of a lot of black people that are breaking the societal norms of what black people used to not do. But when we grew up, therapy wasn't a thing. It was go to God. It was pray about it. You will be all right. And although I believe in prayer because it changes things and y'all know I am an avid believer in grace. I do believe that you need a professional to talk through some things about who is not biased and going to give you some real opinions. And so I went to therapy right after my relationship because I was hurt. And I was like, I need to talk to somebody about this because I broke up with the, I broke up or broke off the relationship because I felt like I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And it was more to the relationship, but I felt guilty. I somehow walked out of a relationship feeling guilty, right? And when I went to therapy, what I found out, y'all, which is so deep, and I'm about to bless somebody with this right now, so you should be paying my therapist because I'm about to get a therapy session. But I found out that I would like, I would notice with my personality that I would cut people off when like they did something that I didn't like, right? Because I would assume that like, you know, you shouldn't have did that. And it'll be real stuff like, why would you do that? You know, like I would never do that to nobody, but it wasn't. And I thought it was justified. And then my therapist looked at me and she said, no, you don't know how to negotiate conflict. You run from conflict. You're a runner. And I'm like, I don't run from conflict. And she was like, Kristen, everybody that you like you were friends with and they did something to you, like several, like, and it wouldn't be like one thing and I'm cutting you off. But if you did something that was like a side eye to me, I'm about to, I'm cutting you off because I, I get scared. I'm like, I don't want you to hurt me, you know? So I'm going to cut you off before you even have the opportunity to hurt me, right? And she was like, that's because you don't know your biological father and all your life you struggle with abandonment issues. So when you got close to somebody and you felt like that they were going to leave you or do something, you would try to cut them off before they did something to you. And I was like, whoa, that's deep. And it was like real deep for me, y'all. And, you know, my kids know my story about my father. And if you don't know, you know now, right? But it was all my life I grew up, you know, really missing that piece of my life. And if you don't know your father and you've grown up that way, it's a it's a hard thing to adapt to because as a young woman, as a black young woman, let me back up and say as a black young woman, we need affirmations from a man. We need a father to say, you are beautiful. You are gorgeous. You are smart. It's one thing for my mama to say it, but it's a whole nother thing for a black man that loves you to say it. And that wasn't something, although my stepfather stepped up and he was an amazing father, he still is an amazing father. Growing up, I didn't have that good of a relationship with him because I didn't I didn't even try to hear him out because I was so hurt that I found out that the person I thought was my dad was not my dad. So like I would even give him a try to be like in my life. You know, he would talk to me. He would do my hair sometimes. He would like, you know, we had a good relationship, but I would kind of just cut him off at the surface level. And he wasn't, even if he said you were beautiful, I didn't take it as he was my dad. I don't know why, you know, and at this day we have a great relationship. And I could talk to him and call him. But when I was younger, it wasn't my thing. So 
it really messed me up because guess what? I got older and started just dating any and everybody and, you know, looking for them to affirm me, you know, and was looking around and being cold hearted. Like, oh, I don't need this person. I can just go out to eat with them. They can pay for a couple of meals and I can go home. You know, I wasn't trying to be in love. And it made like a lot change in my life and made my the trajectory of my life go in different ways. And although I'm thankful and I have no regrets, being in therapy helps you identify these childhood traumas. And every one of us, I don't care who you are in the black community, we have at least one childhood trauma that ain't nobody trying to talk about because we were told that you better keep your mouth shut was a family secret is a family secret. You, you, we were taught that growing up. And I don't know who established that culture. And I honestly do think it was because we already were less than, right, in society. So it was kind of, uh, we were placed, in, uh, uh, like, we were placed to feel like we had to be strong, right? Like, and I remember my mom, she was just this strong woman. She never wanted people to really know too much about us. You know, and even I remember one one time our lights were off and my mom lit candles and had a a hide and go seek session. And until I found out that that happened, like when I was older, I never even knew that our lights were off. My mom would make things so much fun. Like I remember when we had uh, the heat went off, whatever, or not the heat. Something went off and we had to put our like underwear in the dryer, like, I mean, in the, um, in the oven, like to dry. Like, I'm talking about we were, and it was like, we had, we lived an okay life. We wasn't like struggling, but when she, you know, her money management wasn't right. She would never, uh, make it a point for us to know. She would always make something, you know, fun for us. And that's a part of the black community that I love is there are so many strong people, but it makes us feel like we always have to be strong, right? You know that saying that says, check on your strong friend. This is a call to action for you. If you're that strong friend, or if you know a strong friend, make sure you build communities. These are the ways we build emotional wellness in our communities is by talking about these things. Even when the George Floyd case hit and the Ahmaud Aubrey case hit, I realized that black people, we was having these little conversations amongst ourselves, but nobody was sitting down like, we need to have these big conversations and like heal together because I was getting shook when cops would come behind me. I don't know about y'all. And so this day, to this day, this is trauma that was formed still. Like I get shook when cops come behind me because I don't care if my license tags is good. I don't care if I drive a Benz. I don't care if I have, you know, a beautiful car. It don't matter. I'm black, right? This is what society has shown us that nothing was wrong with Amar Aubrey. He was a, a fine, upstanding gentleman. Nothing was wrong with um, Breonna Taylor. She was in her house. Like these are all things that are really pivotal in our lives. And it could change really quickly based off someone else's assumption of us because we are Black. And so these are real conversations that we need to have as Black communities to heal. We need to have these in our homes, with our children, with our spouse, with our families. These are conversations, intentional conversations, to talk about our everyday emotions. SEL is the key to bringing back Black communities like we knew they were. You know, I I remember there was a time where church was like so pivotal in Black communities where 
we would go and pray. And I mean, like people be in church for hours and hours and hours. And I just feel like that's not where we are anymore in society. And not only do I want us to get back to those places, but get back to places where we're able to come together and fellowship with one another, right? Slow down and have these massive groups of fellowship. Now we're just, we just come to fellowship and, and enjoy, you know, um, enjoy the church service. But I'm talking about like, remember at the churches, I don't know if y'all could relate, but there used to be like food after the church, you'd be like food halls and everybody would go downstairs and eat all this food and like the community be cooking collard greens and chicken. My mom be up in the stove, like, gotta bring my collard greens to church today. Like it used to be a vibe, right? But it was about, you know, honoring God, reverencing God, and then going back and like hanging, hanging out. And I had a lot of church friends, you know, but my thing is, where is that community? For the black people, I think that that created a lot of wellness in our community. And I want to bring that back. I want to bring back conversations. I want to, you know, tell black people it is okay to go to therapy. Nothing is wrong with you. If you go to therapy, you're actually becoming a better person. You're becoming a better person for the world and for those around you when you go to therapy. And then I want to talk about, you know, we are the culture. When you look at the culture and you look at the things that are happening in the culture, even from simply TikTok, the creations, the funny stuff on Instagram, all those funny memes that you see, and a lot of those memes are Black people behind those memes. The Black Twitter, you know, all the things that we do as entertainers, we are the culture. And don't you forget that. So a lot of times we have to call each other and affirm each other. Or come to spaces where we can affirm each other and remember that, you know, we, we, it, it's us, it's us. We out here and we doing things. Okay. So making sure that you look into your community and your people around you and affirming them is very important when building emotional wellness in the community. And then also stop having these text messages where you just jump right into conversations. Check on your people. The how are you's when you say, how are you, you know, you and, and you say good back, are you really good? Ask that person, are you really good? What does your good mean? Is your good mean that you cool, you chilling, or your good mean like I'm not great, I'm not feeling it right now? If people are saying okay, they're saying okay for a reason. Ask them a follow-up question. We need to check on our friends and our people. One of my friends, she always says, Hey Chris, how are you feeling? And it's it's with intention because she don't know how, she want she does not want to know how are you she wants to know how are you feeling and that is a very intentional question that's something that builds our communities and our wellness because that means that we're checking and we're investing in our friends and our families and then another one is just having these honest dialogue with our black men about trauma it was not only taught to black women to be strong. But black men were supposed to be the ones that never showed their emotions and never cried. And if they cried, you would look at them like they was weak. And I just had a conversation recently because I was that person. Like, I'm a little bit like masculine a little bit. Like, I'm like tough, you know. And um, I was talking to my boyfriend and he was like, why do you feel like masculine is is related, like equivalent to tough? Like, who taught you that? And I was like, mm, I don't know. But it's like a social construct that we have. And it's hard to, you know, change that. Like that narrative is very hard for me. And I had to realize that when I see men 
being emotional and showing the emotions, there is healing taking place. There is joy forming. And we have to root for our Black men in the community and bring them to the forefront where they can have more spaces publicly to do these things. Because it is okay to heal Black men. It is okay to cry Black men. It is okay to talk about your trauma, Black man. And it will only make our communities better. And so it's important that we empower our young kings. We empower our young queens. But it's very important that we we are the ones this generation, I'm calling out millennials and the generations before millennials to come back and reach and teach and build with these younger generations. Because right now they're living in a world where they are losing their characters by the second. Okay. They are losing their identity through social media by the second. And if we don't get them now, if we don't cultivate these spaces now, we don't know where our future black leaders will be tomorrow. We don't know what their decisions will be. They might be swayed in different ways. If they don't know their power, if they truly don't know where they came from, if they see that they're not even worthy. You know, a black young boy told me, he said, Miss Kristen, why should I dream if they're just going to kill me anyway? He said, why should I dream if they're just going to kill me anyway? These are what kids are saying because this is what they're seeing. I couldn't be mad at him for telling me that. I didn't even know how to answer his question. I said, why would you think that? But when I, 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 I immediately retracted my question because I know why you would think that. You see it all over the news. You see it all over social media. So we have to commit. It should be our social responsibility to build emotional wellness in our communities one day at a time. And so listen, y'all, if you want to learn more about that, check out blacksel.org, a social and emotional hub for Black people. I've created this space to really be able to create and provide free resources for Black people to know their power, to know their influence, to know what they carry so that they can be the best that they can be. And we can all heal together and develop new social constructs that we want for our Black communities. This wraps up another Dangers of My episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate the show, and review this season. And as always, keep dominating.